What's up, everyone? Today, I'm talking with Jeff Wiener. Jeff and I work together at Ren Financial Planning, both as certified financial planners. And so he'll be joining us from time to help shed some light on various financial planning topics. Today, we're going to be talking about how to better align time and money management with your values. This is definitely a huge topic and is often overlooked. People tend to get the cart ahead of the horse on this one. You can have all the money in the world and be completely unhappy. So what we're going to be getting into today is helping you start to consider what's most important to you and how to better align your actions with those values. Jeff, what's up, man? Thanks for joining me today to chat. Hey, Daniel. It's good to be here. Awesome. So I know you pretty well, but for the listeners, can you kind of share a little bit about your background professionally, personally? Sure. Yeah. You know, I started working with you at Ren Financial Planning about a year ago, and that was a career transition for me where I'm finally actually aligning kind of what I want to do with my values. I guess a little brief history about me is, you know, I, I come from a background where I thought that everybody should be learning about and taking care of their own finances with no help whatsoever. The uh, FIRE movement hates financial advisors, but then I found out that from my dad's experience that there, is, there are people out there that they're doing good things, but if they had a plan, it would be it would just provide so much value for them. And that's how I got started in financial planning. And I'm just excited to to work with people to really align their finances with their values. Perfect segue. That's what we're planning to talk about today is really how do you begin to start to better align your actions and your values or what's most important. So I'm sure people, when you hear that, you're like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Of course you want to align your actions with your values. But in reality, it's not quite as easy. You can't just snap your fingers and that kind of thing happens. So I think, you know, with a lot of things like this, with behavioral type stuff, the first step is always going to be awareness, right? So is it Daniel Kahneman has his book, I think it's Thinking Fast and Slow. And he talks about the mind has two different frames of thought or two different systems, I think he describes it as. System one and system two. So system one is like autopilot. Like you just kind of roll with the flow. I think what a lot of people are doing kind of subconsciously is they're just rocking life out with on system one, like he describes on, on autopilot. So if you're to, if you were to kind of break down, like how does somebody start to become aware or more aware of those actions that they're taking? Yeah, I think you're exactly right about that, is that it's so easy to be on autopilot. You know, that system one where you're just doing things automatically, you know, it it serves its purpose for us where we, you know, it keeps us from having to make hard decisions sometimes. It keeps us, you know, in general, being on track with things and adapting and reacting to, to what's happening without having to give too much thought to it. But at the same time, we tend to rely on that. So how do we get that awareness? Part of it, I think, comes down to having some kind of intentionality to just break down where, you know, what your values actually are. Yeah. So I think values to me are a little murky or not murky, but they're very opinionated, not very quantifiable. I like to start with actions because they're more concrete and observable and so maybe if we start with actions and then look at actions first and how do we get become more aware of our actions and then we'll talk maybe about like clarifying values. So if we're looking just at num- you know the actions part of it, how do we, you know, clarify or start to become more aware of what's actually what we're actually doing from a financial standpoint or even a time standpoint? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, 
I think one of the most valuable exercises that I've come across, even just with finances, but then with time too, is having a way to track what you've done. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes just the act, like I think almost all of us at some point have probably gone through our expenses a little bit and just been like, oh, like for me, it was, oh man, I spent $300 on pizza in the last two months. Does that really align with, I mean, that's maybe a little (laughs) excessive, Jeff, something like that. And, you know, when you see that in dollars and cents, it, it, even just the act of tracking it and looking at it can make me say, okay, there's an issue there. Maybe just one pizza a month, Jeff. But you can do the same thing with your time too. Sometimes it seems a little bit tedious, but I've actually done a time tracker at one point where, you know, I would use it on my phone. It's just a little app called Toggle and I would track what I was doing. And then, you know, at the end of the week, I even had a category for time wasters. So like mm-hmm. if I was playing a game on my phone or whatever, you know, at the end of the week, I could look and see, oh man, Jeff, you spent, you know, three hours playing games on your phone versus, you know, let's say my priority is that I want to be working towards a master's degree in something. How much time did you spend on classwork? How much time did you spend reading? And just the act of tracking it can make you aware of where the time's going. Yeah. I have used rescue time before for the computer. I'm guessing they have an app as well, but it tracks your time and tries. It's kind of like mint for your finances or I'm sorry, for your time. Mint is for your finances, but rescue time is kind of intended for your time tracking. It's worked really well to kind of help you start to categorize what you do in your, you know, day-to-day type stuff. And then for the cell phone, I've used, I think it's called Moment. It's an app that tracks your time on your phone, your smartphone. So that I think has been a massive eye-opener for me because, and I think everyone uses their smartphone like an insane amount of time throughout the day. So all of us, including myself, we're extremely busy. We have no spare time, yet we're on our iPhone for two and a half hours a day. So maybe that's being used productively, but maybe, you know, maybe it's in alignment with your values, but maybe not. And so, and then for finances, I like men is okay. Like an automated system is, I think an okay way to do it. But I think we'll, you know, maybe get into this a little bit more, but I think the problem with that is automation kind of reduces awareness in itself. And so part of the whole awareness piece is having kind of your mind on a day-to-day basis. And so I tend to prefer the old school way of just kind of like literally writing down your expenses or taking a time, you know, with your spouse or by yourself to kind of take one month and just kind of review, write them down and kind of think about it for a minute instead of automating it. I think that has kind of can have a lot more bang for your buck. So Any other thoughts on ways to kind of start to gain more clarity on actions, Jeff? Oh, yeah. I think the the more involved you are in the process, the more you're going to get out of it, too. Like you mentioned, the act of writing it down, you intentionally notice that at that time, right? Where, whereas, like you said, you can almost be on autopilot with, with something that's just tracking history. And even the things that are just tracking it, I guess, how do you... It, it only tells you what happened. It doesn't give you a plan for going forward either. So I yep. think that's, that's important too as a shortcoming of those. Yeah. And so that, and that kind of gets into the values part. So I think, so how do you start to clarify your values? I think this is kind of a, 
I don't know if awkward is the right word, but it's just not something you normally like talk about. I'm the type of person that tends to think about future and goals and that kind of thing. But especially being married, it all, it almost feels awkward to bring up like your values with your spouse, or it's just, it's one of those conversations. I think that's not so easy. You have to be intentional about it, but it, what are your thoughts on like, how do you start to gain more clarity on your values? Yeah. Speaking of awkward, <laughs> you know, that's tough to do on your own, like you said, much less even with a, a spouse. But you know, one exercise that I actually kind of came across recently was writing a mini obituary. Whoa, that's morbid, dude. Yeah, I know. That's what's <laughs> planned for success, right? <laughs> but in that mini obituary, I kind of was working through, and, and this was a guided exercise for me, yeah. but where I was working through about 10 different areas of life and just looking at what are the characteristics that I wanted to be known for in those areas? So, you know, the, those areas might be things like, what do I want to be known for in my career? It's not, man, it's not that's good. It's not necessarily, I want to be a CEO or I want to be this. It's what do I want to be known for as that? So in my career? Did I take care of people? Was I an expert in my area? Things like that rather than just an achievement. And so I kind of looked through that career finances, physical health, um, spiritual health, other just other areas, relationships, and just going through all those areas. It, it takes a little while. And again, it, it is kind of weird thinking about it as an obituary, mm -hmm. but it it starts to give you that um, that priority list. Like this, these are the things that are important to me. Yeah, that's good. I really like that. I like another idea. George Kinder has, he calls them the three questions, I think. Mm -hmm. Is that right, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. I love those too. Those yeah, I don't, we'll link to it in the show notes and I can't remember exactly what the questions are, but they're very, it kind of gets you thinking about your future and the fact that you're, you never know how long you might live. And it kind of helps you think more in like a, you know, what if I only have one day to live? That's kind of where it goes is thinking, getting you to think about what, I could only have one more day to live. So if that's the case, what type of things might I overlooked or missed out on? Or what are the things that I would want to do in that last slice of time and really gets you thinking about what's most important in your life. And now when you're married, I think that like, like I was saying that to me or for me, it takes it to a different level because you have to not only have that conversation, but you also, I think it's best to have it, you know, operating as one unit. So you want to have your spouse definitely in on that conversation and talk to them about it. But that's also kind of adds a level of challenge, I think, in, in, in getting it clear. And that's kind of what we do, like as a financial planner, if you're working with one, you know, ideally they can kind of help facilitate that where they're the ones asking kind of the difficult questions there to help clarify that. But not everybody works with a financial planner. I think, you know, if I'm doing that myself, I'm going to ask you know, I might share the same system Jeff and I talked about, like maybe you go through that with yourself. And then if you're taking a lead, you kind of take your spouse through the same exercise. Any other thoughts though, Jeff, on ways to kind of gain greater clarity on values? Yeah. You know, and I think you're right. You can ask these questions too, as a couple, you know, what do, what do we want to be known for as, as a characteristic in this mm -hmm. area? And so it, it kind of probably helps to do that individually so that you have a confidence in it as well. Yeah. Um, but recognizing that you're a partner with somebody if you're married. But then I think the other question too is like there, all those areas are good areas, right? Like 
career in general is a good thing. Finances are, are a good thing, like a priority area, your family, your spiritual health, your physical health, they're all good things. So I guess you've got to start deciding too, even within that, how do I choose what to spend my time on now? And they kind of broke it down even to comparing those options. Like, how do I decide what to spend time on right now? Mm-hmm. It's just going through each of those areas and say that I could only choose one. If I yeah. could only choose my career or my physical health, which one would I choose? And then kind of go back down and let's say if I could only choose my physical health, I would rather be alive than working for you. Just so you know. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. But, you know, that, compare that physical health to, okay, physical health versus spiritual health. Mm-hmm. You know, And so if I had to pick, compare those two, then all of a sudden I'm going to change to my spiritual health is more important to me than my physical health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that gets into the, like the third kind of part of this conversation is how do you kind of pull the two together is like, cause it's, I think I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's more straightforward to clarify, you know, what your actions are. And it makes sense to kind of work through an exercise of what your values are. But then you get to like the executing part of like the day to day, I'm living life and like things are crazy. Like, how do you start to actually execute on things or make changes, behavior change? That's not so easy. It gets difficult. So I think I like that sort of exercise you were describing. I I have an example for money. It's kind of a similar thing. Like what my wife and I have done is go through when we'll review expenses, for example, for a month, I'll typically go through the expenses and kind of highlight some of them that I think might need to be discussed. And we'll talk about like, you know, kind of our view on it and how, you know, what, how much do we value it essentially? So it's where you kind of start to, the rubber meets the road. Like you can talk yourself into spending on anything and you can even talk yourself into, you know, justifying it through values. But at the end of the day, it's about like comparing it, like Jeff was talking about with time, like it's about comparing it to what other alternatives there are available. So with our expenses, well, this one is valuable, but how does it compare to the other ones we're talking about? And then what makes it even more complicated is one spouse will have a different opinion than the other. But the takeaway though, for us is we're going to try to identify what the kind of low hanging fruit is, or, you know, the least efficient use of our dollar is. And then once we identify that, you know, concrete identify And my favorite example, just because it's easy is like, you know, cable TV, you never watch it. It's 150 bucks a month. And so, you know, maybe that's not in alignment with our values and we're not even using it. So we're going to say, okay, that's the, that's on our hit list. And then on top of that, we're going to say, okay, we're going to, literally do it right now, get rid of it right now. And then we're also going to decide where it's going to go starting next month. And so we're kind of like knocking it out right there and giving it a place ahead of time so that it doesn't kind of get wrapped up in everything else. Cause what happens is if you just cancel it and then you just go on, you kind of get back into that like system one setup where you're just kind of going on autopilot and autopilot for most people is spend the money on random dumb stuff, you know? So in our experience, it's worked well to kind of get it all knocked out. But then even there, like when you go day to day and maybe we can talk about like new decisions, how do you kind of keep that in mind or in your back pocket 
when you're just kind of going through the day as you, because there's always new stuff coming. There's always people asking for your time and asking for your money or people trying to sell stuff or whatever. That's a great question. You know, I think when you have some clarity on those, what your priority values are, it's a lot easier to say no to the things that aren't in alignment with those. And Mm -hmm. so that does, I think it takes prioritizing some of those values that you have. And I think one tool that, that I've kind of started using is to help create an ideal calendar. Now it doesn't always line up with my real calendar, (laughs) but we've done that before actually together. Yeah. It's too, but the idea of if something is a high priority on those values, Mm -hmm. it needs to have a place on my calendar. Yep. And that's good. So if it's not on there, then I I need to make time for it. Yeah. I have a great one. I just can't, I got to share this one. (laughs) I'll give credit to the person, Dad Tired. Have you ever heard of that podcast, Jeff? No. Dad Tired podcast. It's excellent. You should check it out. But on that podcast, one of the ideas, Jared Lopes is his name, suggested that you, you schedule dad time with your kids on their birthday, day of the month, every month. And so what I have done, I took that idea and have started implementing it and it's been probably six months. So basically for, I have three kids, but just for our oldest two, seven and five-year-old boys, I put a two hour slot of time, kind of like at the end of the day, like, you know, 3.30 to 5.30 for like dad time. It car, you know, carved out the two hours and we just go do something fun and like have good conversation, which is awesome. And they love it. And never would happen if we didn't do it. We just kind of roll with the flow. And that's exactly kind of what you're saying is you got to carve it out. I love that idea. And you can also do that with money. It's a little different, but like that's where save first, spend the rest comes from. Is you're kind of like intentionally giving it a place. And it's it does work a lot like the calendar. We help people to, as financial planners, to kind of categorize Ideally, you categorize where your dollars are going. And so we find that there's a lot of unaccounted for spending. And that's kind of a problem area because you just don't know if it's in alignment with your values. So ideally, you intentionally kind of carve out where those dollars should be going. And maybe it's saving or maybe it's paying off debt first so that you can kind of get that out of the way and make sure it happens. I just love that idea of the the example of, of dad time, right, is... That that's one of those things that if you're a parent, you're almost always going to say that's a high priority to me is that I want to spend time with my kids. Yep. And it's one of the easiest things to push off. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. And and then you're and that goes back to I've done that exercise a million times where I, you know, sit down and say what's most important. And that's always on my list. Like you said, a lot of it going back to kind of what we talked about, the awareness is is critical. You kind of have to keep reminding yourself what's most important. And as you go through day by day, like at the end of the day, you just having that awareness is going to kind of help push you towards those actions. But I guess what I, where I wanted to close out on this as we wrap up, if, if, so this all sounds good. I think that we've got some actionable stuff here, but I think some people just really need to understand what's at stake. So what I wanted to talk about as we wrap up was, you know, what happens if some, what what happens if we do nothing? Like what happens if we're just like, that's awesome. That's cool. I'm back on system one. I don't want to be on system one. 
Yeah, me neither. But like, let's talk about the, you know, if you don't, if you don't do anything. Oh, I think that's, it's just tough to feel like you're making, it's tough to be fulfilled if mm -hmm. you're always on system one. Yeah, I think you tend to be, be kind of groggy. You, you don't, it's not as happy of a life. You tend to not be in alignment with your values. I think that's what it comes down to, right? Yeah, I think, and there's research that behaviorally shows that we want to be consistent with both what we say and what we believe. And mm -hmm. if there's a disconnect there, I mean, man, we could probably do a whole nother episode on, <laughs> on that. But if there's a disconnect there, it's, it's unsatisfying, it's painful. And so getting on track and spending your time in a way that aligns with your highest priorities is just something that's going to be so helpful for mm -hmm. your well-being. Yeah. All right. So if everybody, if you're feeling it, if you're feeling like you want to do, you know, if this resonates with you, I think the most important thing is do something like it can just be like a little tiny thing, but like just do something to kind of take action while it's fresh. You got to strike while iron's hot. And that's the key is you kind of take that first step and then that's, you know, you can gain momentum from there. So Jeff, always great to talk with you. I appreciate you chatting with me today and I'm sure we'll be talking soon, kind of dig into some of this stuff a little bit more. All right. Thanks for having me, Daniel. Definitely.